Welcome to Season 2, Episode 5, titled, Convergence. Alpha Kaiden roars in frustration. You have been stalling us, Godflow. All this talk was just a diversion. Cunning indeed. Alpha Kaiden roars again as he, Skyla, and Alpha Equar run toward the rockade for cover. Alpha Paw turns to Derek and says, I really think those guys are a few pups shy of a litter. Derek shrugs his shoulders in response. Alpha Paw and Derek walk back toward the rest of their party. Scene, interior, rockade. Alpha Kaiden enters the rockade. Takagirl guards and Enuk centurions line the interior walls. Alpha Kaiden speaks. How much time do we have? One of his hunter guards answers. Not much. They said it was circling about 600 pads out before we lost it in the tree line. Alpha Kaiden grumbles with dissatisfaction. Alpha Equar steps into the rockade and joins the conversation. We knew this was a possibility. Let's just stick to the plan and we should be fine. Alpha Kaiden responds, You are right as usual, Alpha Equar. Half of our hunters will remain here in the rockade to help clip the wings of the Shadowcaster. Alpha Equar, in kind, speaks and says, And half of my centurions will aid you on the ground to put an end to the god flow. They give each other a reaffirming forearm shake and a hug of acceptance and break off into different directions. Scene, exterior, Enuk Village. Near the edge of the village, Alpha Paw has a similar conversation with his group. Okay, so the whole talking thing didn't work. They are going to pour out of that rock tower in large numbers. Don't let them push you into the trees. The Taka girls have an agility advantage in the trees. Keep the battle in the center of the village. Oladamra guards, attack anyone that is taller than me. Leave the smaller ones to us. An affirming grunt comes from the Oladamra guards. Alpha Paw musters up his best pose and raises his paw and says, Okay then, let's move out! Alpha Kaiden and Alpha Equar lead the charge out of the rockade. The ground shakes from the Enuk centurions stamping with all their power and might. The Takagirls pounce and dodge in between the larger centurions, blades at the ready and looking hungry for blood. The Godflow charge toward them as well. Some Godflow are upright on two legs, some on all fours. All with a glare in their eye of great excitement complemented by teeth and fangs dripping with slobber. The ground behind them is equally unstable as the Oladamra charge forward to do their part. 
Their chant is still annoying, but barely audible over the sounds of so many warriors as the two parties grow more near. They finally impact with the loud crackle of battle. The Enuk swing their popular heavy axe weapons, and the Oladamara block with their built-in armor. They counter with a slash of their gray claws which protrude out from under their lower forearm and pass the wrist and hand. Intermingled amongst the taller combatants, the godflow pounce and duck the blade attacks of the Takagirls. Every dodge of a Takagirl blade is returned in the form of vicious snapping of the jaws or a swipe of their claws. Scene. Exterior. Top of the Rockade Tower. On top the Rockade Tower, Skyla joins the rest of the Takagral Hunters and Anyuk Centurions. She walks toward the western edge and begins to shake in fear as the Shadowcaster comes into her view. She composes herself and gestures to the other Takagrals to take strike positions along the corners of the highest platform. The Enuk line themselves up along the edges of the top platform, light axes in hand, ready to throw as soon as the Shadowcaster comes into their range. The camera rotates downward and raises up in the air far above the Shadowcaster. We can see the Shadowcaster looking at the activity down in front of it. It flaps a few more times to gain some altitude as it arrives in proximity of the rockade. It then spreads its wings and circles the rockade several times. Its large shadow glides along the village dirt, passing over various attackers in the ground battle. This brings the ground battle grinding to a halt. They all pause and look up as the winged beast circles. The Shadowcaster lowers its altitude and takes an aggressive posture as it nears the tribe folk on top of the rockade. The Enuk release their light axes into the air. The Shadowcaster, in what feels like slow motion to all that watch, collapses its wings, rotates its head, and then its whole body around the axes as they fly through the air past it. As it completes its rotation, it opens its wings back up in a vertical posture, almost coming to a complete stop in midair, shadowing the top of the rockade with its size. It lowers its head and stares at the Enuk, who scramble to get more weapons in their hands. The Takagrals wait, crouched in the corners. The Shadowcaster flaps its giant wings a few times in a much more aggressive posture as its green scales along its chest and throat begin to turn red. Smoke begins pouring out of its nostrils. It lunges toward the top of the rockade and lets out a burst of red-orange fire. The roar of the flame is nearly as intense and destructive as it is beautiful, spiraling through the air and splashing against the rock's platforms. The Enuk and Takagrals both dive for cover. 
Some of them dive into the top-level archway, and others leap over the edge, accepting a fall to the next level down, as less damaging than the fire itself. All but one, that is. Skyla jumped off the edge all right, but used her arm blade to swing around then back onto the top of the platform. Her hang time was just enough to allow the fiery blast to dissipate before landing, a Skyla-typical, perfect four-paw landing. She stands facing the Shadowcaster, blades at the ready, and paws getting warm from the now-heated stone beneath her. Skyla looks the winged devil straight in the face. She could swear that, just for a moment, the Shadowcaster gave a subtle, playful grin, just before swooping straight in at her. The Shadowcaster opens its jaws, figuring it will be a quick meal. But Skyla is too fast. The Shadowcaster closes its eyes to get its mouth open wide, and at that instant, Skyla leaps into the air above it. She rotates 180 degrees and jams her blades into the green-scaled body as it passes beneath her. It does Skyla no good. They just spark off the scales like they were steel. Skyla lands on the edge of the rockade, standing with her back facing the rest of the combatants on the ground. The Shadowcaster twists around and faces her once again, taking a vertical posture. He flaps his wings a few times as his chest and throat begin to glow. Smoke once again emanates from his nostrils. Skyla takes an attack stance determined not to back down. The Shadowcaster arches his back, ready to unleash another devastating attack. Fire and smoke explode out of the Shadowcaster, but not from his mouth. The flames, they're spewing uncontrollably from its lower back. Its eyes begin to glaze over. The camera views Skyla through a large, sizzling hole in the Shadowcaster's body, still standing in her attack stance on top of the rockade. The now-dying Shadowcaster's wings go limp as it falls to the ground. Upon its impact, far away from this place, the camera views a giant scaled eyeball opening and taking focus. Skyla turns around holding the tip of her ear, which is sizzling and rather warm. She looks down in disbelief. The dark muzzle monster is at the edge of the village, far past the rockade and the ground battle, and it is locked onto her position. The ground combatants that were focused on the Shadowcaster are now staring at Skyla, wondering how she defeated the winged beast. She points toward the dark muzzle creature, and the field of combatants simultaneously do an about-face. Eyes widen and heads tilt in amazement and curiosity as the dark muzzle's weapon is put through its cooling cycle. No one breathes, as if frozen in suspense. 
The dark muzzle creature's joints begin to unlock, clicking away, and its weapon is holstered. It begins to move forward towards all of the combatants. That movement was enough provocation for a small group of centurions nearby. They raise their weapons and charge the dark muzzle creature. Alpha Kaiden begins running to intercept them. He's yelling, Stop! Stop! Alpha Paw advances as well to meet Alpha Kaiden and find out what he is up to. By this time, the spacesuit has also advanced a few steps further and taken an aggressive posture in response to the Centurion charge. Alpha Kaiden roars one last time in his loudest voice, I said stop! The Centurions finally halt just in front of the strange, furless creature. Alpha Paw, speaking to Alpha Kaiden, while still observing the dark muzzle for any movement, says, What are you doing? Alpha Kaiden answers, This thing just saved my daughter's life. I intend to find out why. The dark muzzle is turning its head back and forth, watching the volley of conversation. It relaxes its posture, and even stumbles back, seeming a bit confused. All eyes return to his movements. The dark muzzle suit reaches up and grabs his helmet with both hands. The pressing of two buttons near the collar is all it takes for the helmet to release its circular clamps around the neck of the suit with a rhythmic clicking followed by a whoosh of air. The dark muzzle creature pulls his dark muzzle off and holds it at his side. Everyone gasps. Rot can be heard from a distance. It pulled off its own head. It's crazy. Parker, inside the suit, speaks for the first time. My name is Parker. Would you mind telling me why you are all speaking English? Alpha Paw and Alpha Kaiden look at each other with great confusion. Alpha Paw answers, We do not know a tribe called English. Alpha Paw then gestures for Alpha Kaiden to continue his inquiry. Alpha Kaiden takes a step forward. He begins the introductions. I am Alpha Kaiden of the Tekagral tribe. This is Alpha Paw of the Godflow tribe. These are the Enuk tribe, led by Alpha Ekwar, and those are the Oladamra tribe guards. Alpha Ekwar steps forward and says, We have all learned our ways of speaking from our ancestors, who were taught by the sacred learning cave. Parker takes a moment and nods a few times to himself. He then says, Okay. Why is everyone fighting? Alpha Kaiden immediately answers, The sacred learning cave was tampered with, and some of us consider that to be a terrible, terrible crime. There have also been several deaths that must be answered for. 
Now that I have answered your questions, I'd like you to answer mine. Why would you chase and hurt my daughter, only to now save her from that Shadowcaster? By this time, Skyla has come down from the top of the rockade and is approaching slowly. Yes, I want to know that too, she says from a distance. Derek and Rot join the group as well to listen in. Parker responds, I meant no harm. Really. Hey, didn't I kill you two earlier? He points to Derek and Rot. Alpha Paw interrupts, very agitated, with a very aggressive posture. Why are you here? Parker takes a more relaxed stance, and in an elementary school teacher's voice, he says, Let me explain. I'd like to tell you a story. All of the tribe members drop their weapons and begin to sit down, casually, with ears up ready to listen. Some of the godflow are even holding their toes as they sit cross-legged, rocking gently back and forth, waiting for the story to begin. Parker looks at Alpha Kaiden, rather amazed at the synchronous reaction of all tribes. Alpha Kaiden plainly states, Stories are sacred. Please continue. 